0: God is good we worship a good God he's a great God there's nothing bad in him there's no darkness in God there's nothing in him of a lie he tells the truth he is the truth he's light wherever God is it's bright darkness flees it can't overcome darkness can't overcome light it's a physical fact when there's light darkness is pushed back I love the verse one of the verses in this song not the bit we've just been singing but the previous bit he calls me out into a spacious place story in the Bible one of Jesus' friends Lazarus dies put in the tomb sisters are all upset Jesus is miles away could have solved the problem healed him blah 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 Jesus comes into that story and the story's there for us to recall this doesn't matter where you are doesn't matter how stuck you are doesn't matter how dead on your feet you might be I've got to say this this morning we're starting a new season a month about creativity if you're not dead you're creating something you might not be an arty creative that's not, not what the Bible talking about it says in his image we were made yeah. Yeah. I'm on a mission this month to show every one of you I might even come down the back and stare a few people down this morning before I finished you're creative yeah. somebody probably said you might have said that of yourself I haven't got a creative bone in my body that is not true so Jesus calls Lazarus out and Lazarus is risen from the dead comes out spacious place when we preach in church God's calling every one of us inviting us to come out of what we're dead in yes. to a spacious place yes. and how big is that place? It's as big as you can create it to be. It's as big as God's created it to be. He's creating stuff and created stuff all the time. The wonder it is that you and I get to create stuff with Him, through Him, by Him, in Him, all the time. So let me pray that you can sit down in a minute and start to chill out, but don't get too comfortable because I might come and nail you, especially if you look like you're sleeping, okay? <laughs> Heavenly Father, this morning we pray that our hearts would be warmed as we hear your word come into our lives. Pray, Father, for anybody who's staring at an immovable object. Maybe you've been looking at a problem and wondering how is this ever going to be fixed. Well, maybe the first step is to look at something else. So Lord, I pray today that we would create space for change in every life, in Jesus' name, amen. Tap your neighbor and have a seat. I'm ready for action. Alrighty, thanks team. We've done a great job there this morning, as usual. Got a couple of things that I wanna say before I get underway. One is um, we've got a brand new dad in the house. Tim's over there, just give him a little wave. Tim Scott's got a brand new son. Mums at home with the rest of the clan. All good? The other kids are at kids' program. How are you doing, Tim? Getting any sleep? I'm getting sleep We won't tell you I said that. It's all good. <clears throat> anyway, congratulations. It's wonderful to have a little man called Noah in our midst. Uh, how pretty cool is that? Well, everybody's arrived safely. That's always a good day. In church life, um, you meet people that are um, just... For no other reason than God's just put them together the way they are. Just people that are a blessing and just great encouragers. And we're not all great encouragers, but we're all capable of being that. Um, This morning, we got some dear friends with us, Cam and Rob Turner from, dare I say Queensland. But they used to live here in Adelaide, and they used to come to this church. And they were just such an integral part of us being healthy in early days, neatest couple, and uh, for reasons to do with work and stuff, they moved up to Queensland and pursued careers up there and brought up their kids and been to hell and back with a few issues, but these guys are a living, walking testimony of the goodness of God and of the faithfulness that you need to walk with God through the ups and downs of life. Who's had a bit of a rough week this week? Just give me a wave of something, you know, stuff going on. Let me tell you that the key to getting through that tough times is to turn up. Yeah. It's just to keep, when you don't want to put your hands up and praise him, just do it anyway. Yeah. And I'll explain why in a minute, because this is what this message is about this morning. Um, so we just want to say, welcome guys, great to see you both. And yeah, let's <laughs> give yeah. them as well. Yeah. Well, hopefully you're already underway with the Bible reading plan. Who's, who's been reading that? Yeah, the new one. that was pretty pathetic. Give me a wave if you're using U version. Just give me a wave and if you're doing the Bible reading plan, that's about 30%. Okay, there's plenty of room for improvement. Just telling you. U version, get to it. Where is Emily? Emily Timer, right down here. Now one and only Emily has actually published through U version a devotion. It's a worship devotion, and it's called Making Spaces, ha, 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 very appropriate, for God. It's not ha, 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 that's not what you call it, that's just me. (laughs) Making Spaces for God. One of the things I've said already, I'd love you to see this month. I'm on a mission. I really am on a mission. I don't want anyone in who's hearing this to say, he's not talking to me. I want you to understand that because you're a human being, you are creative and you create things. Whether you want to or not, whether you're trying to or not, all around you, all day long, all night long, you are creating stuff. Some of us could be creating gas. (laughs) Just wanted to make sure you're still awake. Some of us are creating chaos. Some of us are creating peace. Some of us are creating and extending angst and resentment and anger, frustration. Some of us are creating spaces with joy, just filled with joy. We're creating spaces that are just filled with love and acceptance. But make no mistake whether you want to or not, because you created in the image of God, you are a creator of things. You create a significant part of the world you live in. There's a challenging thought. If you're not happy with your life, don't look at me or the politicians or other leaders or people of influence, people with money, people with what I have not got or what, what I'd like to have. Don't be looking at any of that. Regardless of my lot in life, the only person who really ultimately controls the atmosphere around me is moi, wow. and I'm a creative. Yeah. I really am a creative person. I love making things. I love fixing things. I love solving problems. That's the way I'm wide. but whether I was like that or not, I am going to create things. When you get up in the morning, what's the first thing? that you do. You're creating. Some of us make a beeline for the bathroom, I know that. Some (laughs) some of us just, the language is from family to family, but some of us just do things. Let's just be polite to say we are blue one while the other. Whether it's in the right place or not is another thing, but um, I won't go there. But we create. You're a creative. I want to focus this morning, however, not just in being general about that, although this is sort of general, but it's a little more specific than that. I kind of feel like starting this month, I want to get two things bedded down into our thinking. And I've got some other great people presenting some ideas around creativity this month as the month goes on. Finishing up with Julie Sampson the last Sunday, I think, in September. She's preaching. She's a creative person. Sorry, October. Yeah, it's okay. I just lost a month. It's all good. <laughs> um, it's, it's just like, it just shows the year is being way too quickly expended. Um, two, two things I want to talk about today. There's two things principally at work words and actions. And I think words come first. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, Let there. He said, Say, said. His creative sort of his creative initiative came to fruition through words. And we cannot underestimate, and we do it at our peril if we minimize the creative power of our words. Heard it said, this is not me, this is a quote someone said: the one who can and this is in the public arena, the one who controls the language controls the culture. We have got massive forces at work in our public domain looking to be the language, the words. My personal view is this. The biggest curse in our culture at the moment, the biggest curse is self-righteousness and virtue signaling about everything. It's like there's this language of superiority morally to that person. Maybe no evidence of that. It's just the words. And the power of words is powerful. People speak out words. Whether they're true or not is not the issue. The reality is the words create space. They create all sorts of things. It's incumbent on us as followers of Jesus Christ to understand this and to use words to create spaces where God lives, not other stuff. Now, I'm not saying that God can't create his own spaces because he certainly can and has and does. But somehow, by his grace, he's given it into your hand to create space. God didn't build this building. Somebody did. God didn't pay for the building, we did. When you get down to the mechanics of where the money changed hands, we paid for it because lots of people sacrificially gave into it. Yeah. Now, people didn't give, in my view, to, build a, to buy a building, even though it was called a building fund at the time, a little ironic, but it's what you're looking at. And what I think we tried to present to people over the years, and we do every week with our tithes and offerings, we are not doing a transaction, We're actually putting our money where our mouth is. Funny saying that, isn't it? We're actually putting something that belongs to us in a sense, if it's an offering, a tithe that doesn't really belong to us, but that's another story for another day. What we're doing is applying what we have to a creative space. This place does not exist so we can come here and worship a Sunday morning and go, Oh, that was pretty cool, let's go home now and have another week of life. Oh man, if I can, I've got to go to work tomorrow, I've got to face those things, I've got this that. I can't wait till next Sunday to get back in church. It's like, if that was all it was about, we might also become the football club. Yeah. Or some other interest group. We're not that. We come here one, to worship, two, to bring offerings to God, three, to hear His word. Yeah. All that is not the end. It's a means to an end. What is that end? Creating space so that somebody who doesn't know him can hear the name Jesus called out, hear the voice of Jesus saying, come out into a spacious place. Everything I do here, this message this morning, the songs we've sung, the stuff that's happened here in the last nearly hour is all about someone who's never heard his name coming to him or for those of us that have heard him, but we've got stuck. Like a beggar, we got stuck obsessing on an issue. We got stuck in our journey. We got stuck doing something that's not healthy. We got stuck with chronic, whether it's sickness, mental sickness, whether it's chronic, um, just a mindset of like, just, I've got stuck. This is a space where we can hear, come out. Come on. It's so good. Come Come out, get out of that. Flying wall, but what if I don't want to get out of that? Well, that's a different story. (laughs) But oftentimes, I found a lot of people who, when they actually begin to hear, hear, when they hear a different soundtrack to what they've been saying to themselves. That's why the Bible is so powerful, because it doesn't stuff around making you feel good. It just cuts to the chase and says, this is God. This is what God wants with your life. You turn to Him, you give your life to him, you do what god 's calling you to do the way He 's calling you to do it, and you 're hearing a different soundtrack. oh no, you don 't understand pastor i 've got problems it's it 's all too hard you don 't know you don 't like to be married to that person oh man they are so horrible it 's like i don 't want to hear about what the problem is. well, I do because i 'm a pastor. I want to hear if that 's going to help you, but if I can't help you have a conversation with yourself that says, as long as you keep thinking like that, it's going to be a disaster. Now, I'm not saying changing what you say will necessarily change anything immediately. It mightn't change anything for a long time, but it will change. I've got no doubt your words can change your circumstance. Why does Jesus say, bless those who curse you? Because the natural thing to do is curse those who curse you. The natural thing to be is vengeful. The natural thing is to take revenge. The natural thing is to to branch out. No, if they smack you in the head, turn your other cheek, let them smack you on the other cheek. If they take your, your top at Adelaide, if they steal you, rob your coat, give them your tunic as well. Jesus is saying with that action, words and actions, he is saying, say saying, He's telling us that you create a different track for yourself when you decide to change what you're saying about a circumstance. If you're self-pitying, if you're a victim, sorry, I've got no interest in hearing your victim language. It's going to get up my nose. I might not even be nice to you. I might be to start with, but if we have a conversation and keep tracking down the road, and after weeks and weeks of hanging out together, I'm still hearing, you don't know what it's like to be me. I'd like to say to you, you don't know what it's like to be me. I'm sick of hearing it. Why don't we change what we're saying? Why don't we go, my God's a good God. I wonder. Anybody here said that this week, I wonder? Oh, nobody. I wonder if. That's That's the beginning of a brand new soundtrack in your life. That's the beginning of a brand new day in our life. Words create the world in which we live, both inside and out. What sort of words have you used this last week? What have you said to yourself, to the people you love, the people you work with, the people you incidentally interacted with this week? If I was to ask you to rate the atmosphere around you in those different contexts this morning, how would the score look? One being toxic, dark, unpleasant, depressing, angry and repelling. I don't get why people don't understand when they've got clouds over them, they're repellent. We want people to be coming near us to help us, but we're putting off this toxic fume of, like it smells like someone just dropped their guts around them. It's like, it's just this horrible smell. And you go, can you help me? I need to be helped. What's wrong with you people? It's like, mate, you stink. And I don't mean literally necessarily, you might. But what have you said this week that's created that atmosphere? You blame everybody else, but what's come out of your mouth, maybe. Or maybe you're the person who's had one of those weeks and you say, I'm a score 10. I have had words of health, of brightness, of joy, inviting and warm. The atmosphere around me, people go, oh, can I come to your place? Can I sit next to you in the bus? Can I help you? People are drawn to atmospheres. People talk about an atmosphere at church. We work very hard to make this atmosphere as life-changing as we can. Some people over the years have gotten critical about we going after excellence. No, excellence is a means to creating an atmosphere. We go for things to be done well. Well, we do that. Does that mean someone who can't do it well can't be on the team? Well, no, it doesn't mean that, but you've got to understand what we're up to. Can anyone have a go? No. Why? Because we're into atmosphere building. Okay, that might be a bit challenging for some. One of the ways the atmosphere was created was with our words, both spoken and received. What's been said to you this week? What other words have you let past? I love the picture. Some of the special effects in Hollywood are helpful here. A force field. Have you got your shield? Jesus, used. I mean, the Bible uses the language, the shield of faith. Have you had your shield up this week? The enemy's firing darts. Well, the enemy's not always a guy with a pitchfork and and horns at his head. The enemy can be somebody who lives with you. Not that they're the enemy themselves, but the words coming out of their toxic inner world is shooting darts into your world. Number one antidote to that, shield of faith. The shield of faith. That is, in the name of Jesus, it stops right there. I'm not receiving that. I'm not receiving that criticism I'm not receiving that put down I'm not receiving that rebuke I'm not receiving any of that you need to pray Pastor Phil will have his shield of faith up this week you're getting fiery darts he's got darts that would probably flatten me heading his way I get kind of a little bit twitchy when it's just an arrow this long about that round you imagine when Goliath threw his javelin towards the Israelites I think the Bible says that the actual bronze head weighed about 30 kilos like, um, that would just, seriously, that would take you out. Like, it would, yeah. like, find any Bible scholars here, look that up and correct me. It's Just trust me, it was really heavy. <laughs> and it says the shaft, and it was like, it was just a big thing. And it's like, I don't want to have to put my, well, I'm just my shield of faith's kind of, you know, it's not going to be knocked out by Goliath's big, fiery dart. You've got the ability to bunker down, if you have to, in the sense of receiving and not receiving words that don't create the right atmosphere around him. I'm not talking about being naive. I'm not talking about being unteachable. I'm talking about appropriately receiving a rebuke for something we do that's dumb, stupid, or, or wrong. I'm not saying we're above reproach like that, in that sense of we can't be criticised. But we've got to be careful that we don't let that get on the inside of us, to create space where we start to say things that are of the same spirit as that. That is critical, condescending, ungrateful. So the problem of our society, self-righteousness, it's the most disgusting, filthy, wretched spirit infecting our world at the moment. I was reading an article this morning about climate change. And somebody said they've worked out they being people who allegedly look at this stuff, that is creating more greenhouse gas to recycle rubbish than it is if we just put it in the hole in the ground. So all the virtue signaling that we can do, oh, I recycle. I'll do my bit for the environment. Problem is, your recycling is using up more energy and greenhouse gas than if you just dug a big hole in the back of Dada and buried it. Just. Just a little bit of interesting tinkering with thoughts. See, it's really easy to create a space around you where you think, well, I'm pretty cool. No, no, we need the Word of God. The Word of God trumps everything. The Word of God comes in and levels everything. I just want to stop for a minute and think about Parkside. Just Some people are getting a little bit... Conversations I've had, a few people are a little bit kind of nervous is not the right word, but like we've postponed once. Today actually is the last day the Parkside crew are going to be with us here on Sunday. Wow. They're stepping out. They might be in a park. They might, who knows what they're going to do, but they're not going to be here next week. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Sending them along the road. <laughs> do you know what? I, I was standing there before in worship thinking about Parkside. And this is about creating space for you to process this. When the Israelites had finished wandering the desert for 40 years, they were camped on the opposite side of the Jordan, on the eastern side of the Jordan, needing to cross over the Jordan, and the first city they were to take was Jericho. And uh, they didn't just wander in there. they were camped on the eastern side. And a miracle like with the Red Sea had to happen with the Jordan because it was in flood for them to even cross the Jordan. And then they worked out either before or after they crossed. I can't remember because I didn't check the story out before I got up here this morning. But somewhere in that mix, some bright spark got up and said, hang on a minute, the whole crop of young soldiers are not circumcised. we got a problem. We need to circumcise all the men before we go in there bad day. Now don't take this literally gentlemen. But what I'm saying is this, there's nothing wrong with the delay. There's nothing wrong with waiting for God. There's nothing wrong with making sure that we're actually sweet with what the Spirit's doing. Not being able to find a building is not about God withholding or the enemy yeah. in our face. It's it's all about our willingness to listen to the voice of God. Yeah. So, did they take Jericho straight away? No, they marched around it for seven days. We most likely are not going to set up camp in Parkside first up. We're going to be in one of the suburbs around. So why are we calling us CP Parkside when we're at Wayville or Goodwood or Unley or Fruville or Eastwood or any of those suburbs around? Why are we? calling it Parkside well, because Jericho was a fortified city and they camped outside it wow. and they surrounded it. These guys have been meeting down there, connect grouping, dinner parties, praying, believing God. Let's believe with them. Yes. Them heading out after this weekend with no certainty about where they're going to end up is a step of faith that yes. God will open up a door for yeah. them. Come on, let's, let's be the church of faith. Is that crazy? No, it's not at all crazy. It's called faith. It's a step of faith. And if it takes a week, six weeks, dare I use the number seven, seven weeks. It's like, are we going to freak out? No, because God has got a space for us inside Parkside. It's just, whether it's um, figurative speech or not, it's actually just, it seems to me it's fortified at the moment to not have a door open for us. But the children of God got in through praises. We're breaking through with praises. So I want you to praise God this week that our Parkside crew are gearing up to take ground. What they're taking is anybody's guess. Nothing's opened up that I can see at the moment, but things can change in a phone call. Amen? Amen. So be a positive space around that. Don't be saying things like, oh, are you worried, Simon? You haven't got a building yet? Okay, Simon, it's so awesome we haven't got a building yet. That means God's got something for us. <laughs> it's like it's just a matter of changing the way we talk. Yeah, it's changing true. the way we look at things. So the other thing that I was going to say that I really find offensive, just diabolical in our current time and space, self-righteousness and shaming. Shaming. There's now... Airline line, flying, shaming groups. Shaming people to not fly because if we fly, we're going to end the world. Shame. I thought, let me just say this. Jesus Christ died on a cross to remove guilt and shame. The only person who wants to throw mud at you, essentially as a spiritual dimension, is the enemy. Yeah. He's the one who's wanting to get into God's face all the time with an accusation against you. The book of Job, you want to get a, a handle around the interaction. It's a strange story because the Satan comes into the presence of God. I'm thinking, how can he come into the presence of God? And God speaks to him. God says, you can do what you like to Job, but just don't kill him. It's a pretty blank check. That's kind of like that's what... The, the enemy's just wanting to keep throwing darts and problems our way. Our antidote, as I said already, is faith. The bigger antidote is words. Don't underestimate that you can say things to the enemy. Say, just get behind me, Satan. Get out of the way. We're coming through. Let go of that property. Let go of that thing. Like, have some sense of authority. You've got authority. James West, you have authority. You might be thinking, well, I, mm, yeah, you're creative. <laughs> just saw your physique, just caught my attention, those big guns you've got there, and <laughs> your beautiful wife, Jackie. Don't sell yourself short. I'm not saying you do, but I want to encourage you this morning that God's got his eye on you, and he wants you to understand, both of you, the power of your words to create new spaces in your family, in your careers, in the Community of Mount Barker, the part that you guys love that part where you live, you've got the ability with words to make that something it's not. Even if you like it, you can make it better. Your words are powerful. They create things. Don't ever underestimate that. Vienna, Words. You already say great things to encourage people because you're an encourager. I know that with what you do. I think God's got a... Mission for you to just enlarge that circle of your your voice. I don't know whether it's business related; it's going to expand, but you're going to talk to more people than you ever have, and it's going to come out of your mouth as encouragement. And people are going to go, "Whoa! Can can I buy you a coffee? Can I hang out with? Can I come to your place? It's like, can we talk some more? Can we catch up next week? Can you be doing you're just doing what you normally do, but God's going to just add some. It's a bit like adding some. Uh, Flavor and fire to the menu. Chase can sort that out. We just what, what adds flavor in there, man? you know? Just add a few things in there. He's the cook. He's the man. He's the chef. He's the one who knows how to do that. You, you do that with words. Yeah. What can I add in it to just liven it up? I see God doing amazing things through your words. 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 Lynn Barron's looking all very kind of quiet. She's sitting down there minding her own business. I'm picking on the back this morning because you guys sit back here, so I won't pick on you. So I've come down here to pick on you. you. Lynn Barron, how you doing? Well. You're doing really well? Doing really well. Long weekend and all? Words. You have got the incredible capacity to help people actually use their words. Don't you? What do you do for a living? She just said she's a speech pathologist. So she's really interested on what we say and how we say it and whether we can even say it, amongst other things, right? Helping people to get empowered to speak. How awesome is that? God's hand of favour is going to continue to enlarge. Your business is actually about to hit against the trend of what's going on in the community. I see God putting his hand on your business and taking it to another level that you kind of go... Am I ready for that? That means more staff, more headaches, more payroll, more everything. Absolutely. He's not going to just go, well, there it is, Lynn, and like, good luck with that. He's just going to keep enlarging you. So I want you to, in your prayer life, what you can do, the words you choose is God. I'm believing that you're actually expanding all my horizons. And just every morning, I'm just growing. Not, not gloating. It's not It's not self um. Like what's we're looking for? Boasting like that is just God help me to enlarge my space because I want to feel what you've got for me. He's got something awesome. Watch out, as in positively watch out. I'm look, looking forward to hearing about that. Gotta love people who step out. Thank you, Jesus. Where we got? Beck, Nathaniel. These guys are getting married next week. And like every couple that gets married, guys, I just want to say to you, you're going to be saying some very, very important words to each other. Alongside the promises that you're going to make to each other, I want you to hear from me this morning that God wants you to understand that that those words at that point in time create a whole bunch of space for you to come together as a husband and wife. But let that day, let that moment, because it'll be fresh in your memory for a bit, because it's a pretty awesome day, right? Let, let that moment remind you of the power of the creative words that you can speak to each other, words of encouragement, words of life, words of joy, words of forgiveness, words of enlargement, be, your greatest ch- be each other's greatest fans. Just let that day forge in your hearts the ability to use words to create an awesome family. God bless you both next week. All right. I could get, I'm kind of feeling a little bit like you get when you get into this zone. It's a bit good. good. (laughs) Ben and Tina. Now, I should have said we've got great friends. These guys have come back from, is it the greatest place in the world now, Mildura? It's in Victoria, so who said that? (laughs) Well, it, it didn't used to be the greatest place in the world because you guys moved, there it is now. So great to see you guys back for the weekend. Life's good. Hmm. Hmm. You look pretty happy. <laughs> We're happy that you're back here. You're happy you're back here, obviously. Hmm. I just see God... I just see God doing something um, new in you both in 2020. I don't know whether it's going to be some people who you're connecting with already in Mildura that are lost. I I mean, just they don't know God. They're kind of, but you've met them through circumstance. And I see you guys being really, really really intentional with your words to create space conversationally with these guys, whoever they might be. If you can think of someone right now, that's who we're talking about, all right? But create space with them and watch what God does. If they are kind of the sort of people that are going to be a little twitchy around God talk or whatever, just pray behind the scenes for them and use your words in prayer to create space around them. Push back the clouds of darkness, from their lives, so they can hear what's actually in you guys, which is the, the words of life. Jesus, Son of God, right? Go for it. Love to hear a testimony, October long weekend next year. No names, just tell us what happened. It'll be good. All right, I'll get back to my message and finish up. It's a long weekend after all, right? All right, we've talked about words. Actions reinforce the world we've created with our words. The saying actions speak louder than words is a truism. Not always the case, but they are an extension or an expression of our creative side. For example, saying something doesn't automatically create it. I just want to make sure that you're not thinking, I'm naive enough to think that. For example, I could say to you, I'm now going to play for you a significant piece of music by Mozart on that keyboard. Now, I can play the piano, right? But I can't play Mozart. I just said it. is it as simple as just creating it with words? No, 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 no. There's some things that we can say it, we can express it. Book of James talks about faith in the same vein, faith without works is dead. Speaking something without working on it is possibly also dead. Why, there's some things that require an action. Sometimes it It just needs us to not only say the words, but we need to attach ourselves to the words and do the work of the words. So forgiveness is one of those things. It's no good just, just saying the words, sorry. It's like, it might mean bringing a gift. It might mean taking someone out for a meal. It might mean just changing the way you behave around them. There's an action involved. So what actions do you consider to be creative in your world? What have you actually done that you'd say, that created space? What have you actually done this week that was creative? I wonder whether you thought about it that way. Well, I never thought about it like that. Proverbs 18, 16 says this, a man's gift makes room for him. What a wonderful picture that is. A man's gift makes room for him. It just enlarges our space. It makes room for us. That's why we talk about tithes and offerings every week. It's not because we want to hammer the issue of money. It's about the issue of a gift given to anybody, but especially to God, makes room. You want a bigger world? Give somebody a gift. You want to fix something up in your family that's a bit broken? Maybe are giving a gift with some words of repentance or forgiveness or love. This is just because I was thinking of you. Give a gift. It makes room. Who thinks that's good news? And, say and, there's more. And there's more. And and brings him before great men. Some versions say, ushers us into the presence of kings. There's a sense in which a gift does things because it's a creative moment that nothing else can. Whatever words or actions any of us have used to create our current world, however, there is one, and the point of this message is the next two minutes, there is one, no matter what you would have rated yourself at a little earlier when I asked you to think about that, there is one, his name's Jesus Christ, who has the authority and the power to reset your world. He can reboot you using the language of computers and other things that are contextual in this day and age. You understand a rebooted computer. My computer over the years, different ones I've had, can get all clogged up with the programs just get, they add things on and they make changes. They do this, they do that. And you add another program in and you add this program in and you do that. Next thing, the computer taking about 15 minutes to start up. Anyone had that problem? Regular problem. Okay. Computers. Well, you and I like that. We can have this added in and that added in, and this then that, that happens, and this happens, and that smack and that word and this thing and that. and it's like, all of a sudden we're going, what's going on? We need to be rebooted. The one who can do it with the most effect is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 2 Corinthians 5:17 says this: "There if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation." Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's kind of like it's a new day. Today, it's a new day. Today, it's a new day maybe for you. John 10.10, Jesus is speaking. He says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they, that's us, we, all of us together, that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus does not want you to live a miserable life. If your life is, and I'm not talking about your station in life with regards to whether you have or haven't got this. It's not an issue about poverty. or It's wherever you find yourself, you can have an abundant life. Visiting some of the poorest people in the world over the years gone by. It never ceases to amaze me that people with nothing materially are absolutely able to and flourish with an abundant life. They've actually got a world view that maybe is not as broad as mine. Maybe they're not as informed as me. Maybe they're not as educated as me. But I've got to tell you, they're as full as me. Yeah. They live an abundant life. Yeah. They live a life that's full of joy. Have they got problems? Yes. Have they lost children to diseases they shouldn't? Yes, they have. Have they lost their older family members way too early through sickness and disease that we don't suffer with um, or can treat here? Yes, they have. But... And that's all fact, and that's all real. But in the middle of that sandwich of whatever their life looks like, I have found that no matter what they are and where they live and who they are and where they've, what they've got, they, with Jesus, can have a full life. Yeah. So don't let any of your comparison world rob you of the fact that Jesus said, just put your own name in here, Bruce Williams can have an abundant life. Yeah. You can have an abundant life. Why do I know that? Because he said so. He said it, not me. I'm reading it out of the Bible. He said it. You can have an abundant life. Martin Cooper, you can have abundant life. It's like, how full can it be? As full as Jesus can make it. Pushed down, shake together. It's like he wants to press it in. It's like, really jam it in there. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me, this is Jesus speaking again, to proclaim good news to the poor. See, there's good news for poor people. That doesn't necessarily mean the Marxist solution of taking it from the rich and giving it to the poor, that doesn't solve anything because that doesn't create a change of atmosphere. What changes the atmosphere is an encounter with Jesus Christ. He's come with good news to the poor. doesn't say and go on to say the poor people are not going to be poor anymore. He says elsewhere, the poor will be with you always. Poverty is a reality of the human condition. Broken will we live in. And I'm not saying that therefore we don't care for poor people. That's not my point. My point is Jesus and poverty equals the potential for an abundant life that is not measured in materialism. That doesn't give us any excuse to not help poor. Don't miss quote what I'm saying or misunderstand. I'm not saying we ignore poverty and we don't help poor people. It's incumbent on us that we do. But as far as being full is concerned, don't let what you have and haven't got determine whether you're a full person or not is more the point. Send me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Jesus has come so you can be reset, slate cleaned, made brand new. Why don't we stand to our feet? As we come to a close this morning, I wanna ask you to spend a few moments with your eyes closed. Closed eyes is not kind of a spooky spiritual step that you do in church or weird hope. It's actually a moment that I find causes me to just shut out visual distractions, whatever they might be. In fact, when I ask you to close your eyes, I'm also asking you to as best you can not let weird and wonderful thoughts invade your thought space at this so closing eyes is an action it's an invitation to just just keep the slate in front of you clear don't be thinking about lunch or coffee coming up in a few minutes or that argument you had on the way to church or last week's problems they'll all be there in a moment when we open our eyes up again but right now With eyes closed, I want you to just encourage you just as much as you can to just have a clean slate moment. Father, I pray right now in this moment where we have our eyes closed and doing our hardest to keep distracting thoughts out of our concentration, that we'd hear the voice of heaven, that words of life would flow into our being maybe if you listen carefully for you this morning you might be hearing for the first time or the first time for a long time Jesus calling you to come come out of that thing come out of that addiction come out of that obsession come out of that unforgiveness come out of that place that's dark and challenging come out Sometimes we've been in it for so long, we don't believe we can. When Peter and John told the lame guy to stand up, he did. I'd love you to figuratively, maybe get in now a picture of yourself standing in a spacious spot. It's not cluttered with anything, just you and a space. And I'm going to actually say the words that Jesus used with Lazarus: "Come, come forth." And I want you to see yourself taking the first step. So I'm going to say it in a couple of moments. Everyone settled? Got a picture in there? In your own mind right now. I'm going to count to three: one, two, three. In a moment the count of three, I want you to look, see yourself stepping out. One, get ready for it. Two, three. Step forward. First step towards freedom. The first step towards the breakthrough. The first step to taking new ground. And now let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for every one of us that took a step. We've seen ourselves stepping out something this morning pray Father that we would have courage and boldness to understand with our words now we create the path we create the spaces around us we create the atmosphere pray Lord that you would indeed as your word says you would light up the path says in the Old Testament that your word is a lamp to our feet that we're not stepping out not knowing where our foot's going to land. We're stepping out knowing that our path is lit up by the Lord God Almighty. So encourage us and strengthen us today, Lord, as we head into the days ahead. Do indeed pray, especially over the Parkside crew this morning, Lord, that they would know Your goodness. Encourage them, give them just incredible faith to stand their ground, Lord, and to claim their ground in Jesus' name. pray for, for Beck and Nathaniel, Lord, that your hand would be upon them next week as they commit each other to each other for the rest of their days. Just bless that incredible time they have together. Lord, I pray you'd bless and you'd forge into the hearts of those that I've spoken to during this meeting specifically, that Lord, that you would miraculously blow their minds. Lord, for the rest of us, I pray that we would see a week of opportunity to be creative in what we say and in what we do in Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty, time for a coffee, nearly. If you've never invited Christ into your life, if you've never prayed a prayer, if you've never entertained the idea that Jesus Christ, the Son of God can live in you, I gotta tell you, there's a space that God made in your world for Him to fit. A lot of people just leave that space empty and think they'll be sweet, but Jesus so wants to come in and live in your life. Everything I've talked about today, the words that we speak, the actions that we have, some of the smartest words you could ever say are a prayer to God to come into your life. Those words will instantly create a reality with God in your life. it be one of the surest, most amazing, instantaneous things you can say. God, come into my life. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, you can before we finish this morning. Or if you've prayed that prayer and for whatever reason, God's kind of been given the push out treatment. You've just neglected your walk. You've gotten maybe offended or upset or something's happened to your walk with God. And you know as you're standing in this place this morning, you are not in a good spot with Him. Why don't you come back to Him? Let that invitation that's come to you again this morning to come, come to Him come back to Him. So if you've never had a prayer time with God that invites Him in, or if you've had that at some point and you've wandered way off course, come back to Him this morning. If you're in either of those categories of thinking, position in life, why don't you slip your hand up and say, hey, Bruce, that's me. Don't be embarrassed or, or ashamed. That's not what this is about. This is about receiving forgiveness. This is about confessing our sin. This is about God making you brand new on the inside. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, Give me a wave and say, that's me and I want to. Or if you have and you're not walking with God today, let's change a few things right now. Anyone at all? Heavenly Father, then we pray that you'd be with us as we head out into the rest of this long weekend and the day ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.